Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am back with another fantastic guest for you this week as we continue on our journey analyzing the different facets of artificial intelligence and voice first. But as I always say, I am very excited to welcome this week's guest, Brielle Nikoloff, as she is Lead of Product Marketing at Witlingo in Washington, D.C., and they are a voice-first-based startup that builds products and solutions for voice-first devices and platforms, including Amazon's Alexa, Google's Assistant, and Microsoft's Cortana. Brielle earned dual bachelor's degrees in linguistics, which is just awesome, and neuroscience at the University of Colorado Boulder. And much of Brielle's research in the space began with a closer look at the ways one's emotional reaction to a voice interface is notice, notably more inflated than reactions to other types of user interfaces. She loves to design for maximally accessible and minimally intrusive technology by leveraging the beauty of natural human language. Brielle, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be on the show. I am too. And, and like I said, as we were kind of chatting here before we, we started recording, is I'm, I'm really fascinated by your background in linguistics and, and neuroscience too, because I think these fields are so applicable to really everything when you start looking at artificial intelligence and even more specifically the space that we both work in, voice assistant technology. So one of the things I always like to start off with every guest that I have on the artificial podcast is you know, start diving into what led you to get started in the voice space. You know, what was that one thing that was like, this is for me, I have to jump into it. Yeah. So um, that story for me is a little bit funny. I, I was planning on going to med school for pretty much my entire school career. And um, I had always loved thinking about language and learning about more of the technical side. So um, rather than like, creative writing or those sorts of things. I, I've always kind of had an, a scientific mindset about everything I do. So that's kind of where the neuroscience came in. I like to think that linguistics is a really cool way to approach something very difficult to pin down. Mm -hmm. And by using more of a tech, like a technical approach to um, analyzing it and really methodically understanding it that um that's kind of why I originally became fascinated by linguistics and when I was a senior in college I kind of sat down and said like this I love medicine I love healthcare, but I it had always kind of been nagging at me how much I truly just like was enthralled by learning about mm -hmm. linguistics at any time so um I was actually in this seminar as a senior called profanity and looking at the ways that um, profane language functions in, in different societies. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So I wrote, um, I wrote kind of like my capstone about why, um, why humans 
voice responses to robots like Alexa and uh, Google Assistant <clears throat> are a lot different than any than a response to a graphical user interface. Um, and actually, at the time, Alexa was barely kind of getting out there. So um, basically, what I had to do was search YouTube for all sorts of data of people like yelling profanities at their GPS systems because that was a very common kind of voice interface back then. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that was actually my first look at it. And um, and from there, I was just, I was hooked about thinking about voice and wa ways that we can go with it and how to really design experiences that aren't going to incite profane responses. <laughs> <laughs> I can just yeah. picture you on YouTube, just, uh, of course, I have no idea where you're doing this research, but I, like, if it were me, I could just, sitting in a library, just listening to people scream swear words at their mm -hmm. GPS. What are you doing? Oh, oh, no big deal. Just, just listen to Garmin, you know, back talk at, at Steve here. Steve's okay. <laughs> he's fine, he's fine. His kids are just recording him from the back seat, but we're exactly. all good and just transcribing everything in my, in my paper. <laughs> exactly. No, that's fascinating. And, and it's interesting that you bring up the whole doctor thing because I actually was very similar in that same path. So I also wanted to be a doctor. Uh, when I was younger, I got diagnosed with leukemia and I went through chemotherapy and was just exposed to the medical field at a really young age. And I thought, you know, as I was coming into my adolescence that I wanted to be a doctor as well. This is the path for me. And then same thing happened to me when I got into college. I was like, all right, um, not entirely sure this is what I want to do with my life. And just kind of jumped head first into to marketing and communication and oh, cool. kind of more or less technology from there too. And, and the rest has been history. So whenever I encounter people who for one say, yeah, I wanted to be a doctor too. I'm like, well, that's fascinating that I find there are so many more people out there who were leaning towards the medical field. And then it was just something else completely that got them into the role. Yeah. They're in now. I think that um, we're really coming into an era where it's possible to really dig in deep to the blind spots of like the traditional career paths and what you can study and mm -hmm. find a super unique place to apply what you love to do and merge it with what you love to think about and study. And um, I think especially with voice now, we're going to see such a proliferation of um, voiceover artists and screenwriters yes. and creative writers, linguists, all contributing to this space because that's totally different mindset that than we've had really in the design world yet. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to see um, so many new people kind of finding that path as they come along, whether it's a career change or in college or whatever it is. Well, and, and more people from diverse backgrounds too. I mean, mm -hmm. I think this space right now, a lot of the people I've met, and I'm sure you have too, everybody's kind of got a bit of a different background and in, in where they came from and what they're doing. One of my recent interviews I just did was with Gordon Collier and he's a recruiter, you know, he has a recruiter background mm -hmm. and he saw the opportunity in all this and jumped headfirst into it. So I, I'm really fascinated to see everybody who has diverse backgrounds just to start migrating more into this space just because I, I really think it helps us as we're working through and, and developing and laying the groundwork for all this. Absolutely and 
it's such a um it's such a monstrous undertaking that we're all after here it's like yes. when you think about creating um mobile apps or websites you can create one you know you can create one for um the us right and that's in english in with american vocabulary and and then you take that and take it to australia and you may tweak a few things you may tweak a few words or um what have you but more or less you can kind of take that graphical user interface and translate it um pretty easily with the help of a few um, native speakers but when it comes to a voice experience you have to completely transcreate everything that yes. you're that you're doing because you're not just changing the language anymore. You're changing the entire way that a culture is experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just tweaking vocab, it's tweaking the entire syntax of a phrase. It's tweaking the persona that they're interacting with because one persona may not fit yep. very well in another culture. And um, there are just so many things to tackle when you're thinking about the globalization of voice as well. No, it, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we've seen such rapid growth with all this, I, I think one of the big limitations still that I know everybody's still trying to work on is the fact that this has to be bilingual, right? It has to transcend all of these different languages. And, you know, I think Alexa right now has what, 12 different languages that it can work with. And then Google, I know is, you know, 10, 10 times more accommodating. I think they could do 26 or more, but I, I ultimately, when they finally get the kinks worked out and it's able to transcend all these different languages, I think sky is truly going to be the limit, but this may be a good segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you. So maybe if you want to just talk about, you know, what exactly is with lingo and, you know, maybe what is one of the first steps that someone can do to get started using the Witlingo platform? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are based in McLean, Virginia. Um, we are a startup that has been focused and still is focused on making uh, individuals or enterprises, um, allowing them to easily get a, a presence up and running onto a voice first platform like Alexa or Google Assistant. So, um, so what that means now is we're actually launching, um, officially launching in July, but we're testing it out right now in the public is the ability for um, basically anybody to create a short audio bit um, and record it in an app and then post it onto somebody else's um, Build Lingo channel. So the product is called Build Lingo. And, um, and we're really excited about it because for the first time it's democratizing audio content and, and the voice web really needs its own native content yes. for it to become super powerful and, and aggregating um, different people's uh, contributions into one place. So that's what we are um, launching shortly. And it is, um, it's the, yeah, again, the possibilities are just, <laughs> we, when we're, we're chatting on Skype about various things, we have to be careful not to get into like total brainstorm. <laughs> There's just so many ways to take it. And it's so exciting to think about what the world can do with, um, with native audio content on the voice web. No, that, that is, that is so big what you guys are about to do. The fact that you were just talking about the, that you're going to be democratizing all this for anybody to use. So just to kind of break it down essentially. So anybody 
if you know if they're using the Witlingo platform can essentially record audio and then translate that into an Alexa skill, Google Action, and just upload it to the voice web to be used. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so businesses are able to um, buy our product in order to very quickly. Um, well, so essentially, Billingo is a voice CMS. So instead mm -hmm. of coding or developing anything or hosting your own Alexa skill or Google Action, we take care of all that. All you need to do is basically record that content. Then it's templatized so um, it's we have voice best practices already built in um, of course we also assist you the entire way to make sure that the end users experience is also mm -hmm. seamless but um, beyond that so now the Bilingo hosts can uh, tap into their own community and say hey if you want to ask a question if you want to post a note um, just record this audio bit on Castlingo and then they can choose the host's channel via their app and then it will be live on Alexa or Google. This sounds like it would be fantastic for customer service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot, I mean, there are so many applications of it like podcasting or community voice boards or um, for example, Voice Summit, um, which is coming up in July, we're gonna be able to have attendees or speakers post a little blurb about themselves nice. or what they're speaking about in the centralized Voice Summit skill as well. That's fantastic. So, you know, I guess overall, what has it been like to work at a voice first startup? Because I think the voice first space definitely is a bit different from your average run of the mill startup. So what has it been like to work on something so innovative and just see it grow over the past couple of years like this? Yeah, it has been um, so exciting, honestly, like being able to a apply what I really love, um, which is thinking about language and how people use language and, um, and watching the, watching the world like transform before our eyes in a way that um, it, it's just, it's really cool to think about the timing of it because as McLuhan said decades ago, the way that we create content and experience it is not just about the content, it's about mm -hmm. the, the medium. So, so this is a brand new medium that we are all just feeling out and experiencing together. And as you probably have experienced, the voice community is really, um, it's all very inclusive at the moment and it's kind of like a pioneering sort of vibe. So yep. we're all kind of sharing info and swapping ideas and um, growing with each other. And it's super cool to go around to the different communities as well in in other countries and see uh, what their take on everything is because they're kind of learning as they go too. And, and the experiences of them, uh, of people say in the Netherlands are a lot different than us because right. for example, Google Assistant just launched there and Alexa hasn't launched yet. So they are, you know, they're in one sort of mindset while we're in a different mindset because Alexa was way first in America, yep. like yes, way far was. beyond. So. Um, yeah, so it's it's cool to see everything grow at, at the pace it is. Well, that's interesting, too. And I know you were telling me you, you've done some traveling recently. So the different places you have been to, what have you noticed in terms of the mindset geared towards voice technology versus what it's kind of been in the United States? I mean, even, you know, whether that be from the consumer standpoint, whether that be from the business standpoint, what are some things that, that you've noticed? 
Yeah, good question. So um, I remember at the Alexa conference um, this year, I think in January, um, we met some people from Germany who we were chatting with them about, you know, who's your preferred voice assistant. And they were like, Alexa, all the way, because her voice in German is just so much better sounding than Google Assistant. And I was like, okay, well, that's a valid point. Um, I was in the Netherlands last week, and we were chatting about um, what their experience has been. And of course, um, it's kind of like, so because Google Assistant is really the only major presence there right now, they're completely focused on it. They haven't mm-hmm. really any thought to Alexa and it's it reminds me a lot about how uh, it reminds me of the way that we kind of approached Google Assistant but opposite so we were kind of very focused on Alexa because because it was such a pop culture thing and um, it was very just common knowledge what she was and who she was and she appeared on the red carpet at one point so (laughs) Amazon did a really good job of yes her that sort of figure um and google assistant was almost well because google assistant came out later as on like the home devices um we we kind of were like okay now we need to start launching on both so alexa and google assistant where um you know the the dutch voice community is is kind of starting on voice assistant now they're like well maybe we should start thinking about alexa (laughs) (laughs) no that that's really interesting because I, I've been talking with some people that I'm starting to meet out in Australia, and um, I think I mentioned you I'm traveling there in August, but it's fascinating, like most of the people there, they all have Google Homes or use Google Assistant because yeah. I there was something that one of my friends said that Amazon was there, but then something got wonky and it was very hard for them to get products and different things there. So when Voice launched, I think Google just kind of cornered the market a bit and mm-hmm. kind of took it and made it their own. And everybody there uses... Yeah. Google Homes, there's, I think, three of my friends now down there, they all have multiple Google Homes in their home. So I'm like, okay, really interesting how in other parts of the world, it can totally be geared towards one of these voice assistants versus the other. Absolutely. That's something I think everybody in the space has to start thinking about is, you know, where in other parts of the world is one device used more than the other? You know, I think you can agree. We we all kind of need to be thinking not just not just Alexa, not just Google Assistant or you know Siri, Cortana. We need to be thinking on the greater scope of every single one of these and and where they can apply the most. And I think they told me my friends in Australia told me the reason it got you know the adoption rate was quicker there is because it picks up on the dialect a lot better. Even though people in Australia speak English, of course they have that twang an Australian accent that for some reason I guess Google Assistant also could just pick up on a bit better than Alexa too. Yeah so I think I read somewhere that um, that in Australia when Google went there to deploy Assistant they treated it as kind of like what we were talking about earlier a whole new language (laughs) so instead of just taking the American English models that they had already developed um, they pretty much treated it like they started from the ground up and, and Australians phrase questions differently. They reply affirmatively differently, negatively differently. So, um, so it's, yeah, again, it goes back to kind of this idea that we have to trans create instead of translate every single voice experience. It's not like you can build a website once and then, uh, just tweak it and change the language. You're going to have to kind of change the personality, change the, and that's another reason that socio like the sociology, um, um, mindset is 
and psychology mindset, uh, they're both going to be really crucial for the success of voice as well. Yeah. Um, so since you guys have been able to work with, it seems like such a wide variety of, of different voice assistants. What I know we talk a lot about Alexa and Google Assistant, but what do you think is in store for Cortana or Siri? And I know there's a ton of news that came out of Apple's WWDC that everybody wasn't really pleased with, but what do you think is in store for the other two and maybe even ones that are to be built that we don't even know about yet? Yeah. Um, Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is earpods actually, because it mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense that that is going to really just transform again, the way that voice is being right. experienced in everyday life. So instead of being, you know, relying on your assistant in your kitchen or in your car, you're going to, I mean, and I don't have earpods. So actually today I was like, maybe I should get them to see like <laughs> see what this whole thing is about. But, um, but the idea that you're going to have that voice assistant with you all, at all times and uh, able to be tapped into the voice only world at all times as well is super fascinating. And I think it has a lot of implications for the way that uh, social media on voice only um, experiences is also going to look um, because yeah, you, you're going to, I mean, there will be, social experiences that we hear through like little earbuds Absolutely. and they're not going to have a, a, a screen whatsoever. So that's, so the implications of that are also major. Yeah. And, and this is honestly one of the reasons I'm kind of, you know, sad I can't make it to voice summit this year because it seems like from some of the presenters that I've been able to see that they're, they have quite a few on just the hearables market in general and what that's going to look like. And actually, uh, Dave Kemp, uh, he works in hearables and I'm going to be interviewing him later this week. But I, I really think the whole future of quote unquote ambient computing is going to start with hearables. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I would say my AirPods that I bought, even though I, I don't really use Siri in them just because we know Siri isn't the greatest, but mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're a fantastic product because I can listen to anything hands-free no matter where I'm at. You know, I use them at work, I use them at home, I use them in the car. Like, I only think that market is going to grow. And yeah. I think it would be a very smart move for Amazon, Google, Microsoft and, and Apple to continue investing in those types of devices. Cause I think Microsoft actually came out with a Cortana enabled surface headphones or something like that. But hmm. um, I'd be really interested to see what, what standalone products get made. Cause I don't know if you know how many, I don't think in the U S are there any, there, there probably is, but it's probably very limited. Any just like Alexa enabled hearables or hearables. earbuds or anything like that. I don't think there is. Um, I know that Google has their Pixel Buds, is that? Yeah. But I don't know if they have Assistant on those yet. Um, they might. But the thing that blew my mind about Google Pixel Buds, if that's the name of them, I'm, I guess I'm not up to date on my news. But I think they're the Pixel Buds. Um, okay, yeah. So I think that they are the ones that can hear, that can have a language be inputted and then translate that language yes. to a How different cool one, which that? blew my mind. Right? That was amazing. <laughs> the whole, uh, yes, it's called the, um, it's not Interceptor, the, the whole translate mode that Google Home can do now. I, I can't have it a brain fart. I can't think of the name of it, but to now be able to eliminate the need for another human being to translate when you're in the same room with somebody because technology can do it. 
is just absolutely fascinating. It's so awesome. And it makes me really happy because English has, of course, kind of bulldozed the whole lingua franca of the world, like being yes. the language of business. And, and um, I remember having an argument, like, I don't know, seven years ago about whether um, languages are going to die out and we're all going to have one language mm. Yes. And whether, and even beyond that, like whether that would be a good thing or a bad thing. And Uh the person I was chatting with, they were very, very much of the mindset that we should just have one language in the entire world. And as a linguist, I was like, oh my gosh, no, that's (laughs) terrible. (laughs) But, um, but I, I'm hoping because, because I mean, the way that different languages evolve and are created is it used to be because of physical distance, because if you, if a group of people lived far apart from another group of people, then they would develop their own ways of communication uh, if they originally stemmed from the same group of people. So, so nowadays that's more, um, it's not because of physical location, but more of um, kind of different niches of, of internet communication. And that's why all these little internet languages like Doge and um, memes and all those sorts of things (laughs) have cropped up because there's, there's a, a place and a time for those types of dialects. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah, bringing it back to the whole pixel bug thing, I think that if we have a technology that can make that possible seamlessly, then, then our own individual languages and dialects will be able to remain completely intact. And, and I think, and then we'll have the best of both worlds, right? We'll be able to right. communicate completely fine and still have retained the beauty of all the individual ones. Oh, that would be, that would be so cool to have like, you know, a hearable that of course would integrate with one of these voice assistants, but say you needed to make a call to somebody in a completely different language to just have that seamless communication because there's no language barrier anymore. There's no friction. Oh God, that's so cool. Ah, see, this is why I was so excited to talk about you because I just love the language component of all this. I Um, know. (laughs) Looking at this more from, from a business standpoint now, how do you ultimately think, you know, either AI or voice is going to impact organizations within the next five years? Yeah. So essentially at Whitlingo, we believe that voice is, a new browser and um, and that means that it's not the only browser that we're going to, I mean, it's not going to just only become voice in my opinion. Um, I think some people think that, but, but it more seems like we're just creating a new space for when we don't want to have to whip out our phone and get sucked into a screen yep. to look up something or do whatever we can instead browse that with our voice as long as the end user experience is um solid enough to beat out the screen experience mm-hmm. so that means that every single business in the world has the opportunity to create basically the equivalent of your website um, via voice and that's really why we've created the lingo it's just it's instead of forcing a team or an individual to learn the ropes of the various different assistant platforms. Um, I think that every business, if you have, if, it, if you have an FAQ page, which everybody does, yep. then you have a conversational opportunity to interact with your customers at home. And, um, and then, yeah, being able to, again, crowdsource audio data from your customers or your audience, 
um, that will be a whole new layer of, you know, listening to people's reviews or mm -hmm. um, people's opinions about your the latest telephone, or, uh, sorry, television episode that came out, you know, that it's going to be very interesting to see how this all evolves. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And are there any industries you think that this is going to hit quicker in terms of adoption or, or people from a business standpoint investing in it? Do you think there's any one, one or two industries that are going to see this take off more so than others? Yeah. Um, that's another good question. I think that, um, well, first off, the adoption has been fast. The adoption of voice assistant devices, like purely just Google, or sorry, um, like the Echo or the Google Home devices, those have been rising much faster than the adoption of the smartphone. So that is a pretty solid indicator in itself. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe around mid, 35% or something like that of households in the U.S. have a device at this point, um, which is pretty mind-blowing. But Yeah, no, that, I think you're right with that. Yeah, beyond that, I, um, it also appears that about, that what, 40% of adults use voice search every single day on their phone yep. um, or on a device. And so the whole phone voice assistant phenomenon is also something to very much pay attention to and so voice voice search and voice seo is going to be its own kind of field and because it is so different than text-based search um people use long tail searches much more when they're searching by voice um uh, the algorithms are going to be unique to the voice interface mm -hmm. um, and so yeah i think the adoption has been very clear and it's only rising. And, and that means that now is a very, very good time to invest in a solid voice experience for your customers. And again, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a million dollar kind of creation process. You need to start with something simple that will right. get your brand out there and, um, make it so customers can find you and talk to you. And then you can constantly iterate upon that with a tool like Bolingo. Um, yeah, and, and really like, I think the coolest part is the fact that finally, instead of like the FAQ page being this junk drawer of random stuff that <laughs> they didn't know where to put it in, yep. in other tabs, uh, or sorry, in other like buttons, yep. um, we can finally actually use like real time data to know what people are genuinely asking your company through Alexa or Google. And um, that is incredibly oh, powerful. The data alone is huge. The data is huge and, and being able to refine your end of things to actually get them what they need is also huge. So there's so many, yeah, it's a big opportunity. Fantastic. So to kind of, tie everything into one here. I, I ask every single one of my guests this question as we kind of wrap things up, but what is one thing that somebody can do today to begin leveraging AI or voice technology, either personally or within their organization? Great question. So um, I'm going to go ahead and go with our product, Build Lingo. <laughs> um, it's a very easy way for an individual or a business to get something launched within days. Um, and not have to kind of 
think through the whole process because we live and breathe voice. So right. um, we very much help out um, as you're planning content. Um, essentially, all anyone needs to do if they're working with us is think of the questions that they want to be able to answer for their people. And then either they can record them on their own in with the voice talent or anything um, or any voice really. Um, or we can do it with our own voice talents and then we'll be able to deploy in days. So, um, so beyond that, you can kind of create a Q and a experience or you can also provide, um, like news flash briefings, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. that's another really, really great way to start connecting with your audience. Um, and you can also deploy an experience like that via build lingo. Um, but those are the two main, uh, solid ways to kind of get out there and start, um, you know, getting your brand and your presence onto voice. Um, yeah. Well, actually, what have you seen in that arena? Have you seen other ways that people are kind of deploying new skills or actions? I mean, truth, truthfully, I think organizations right now, at least from the people I'm talking to and finding, they just kind of need just a bit of a push. And by push, I mean, they just need to be shown what's possible because I think everybody is so bogged down with what they see on the media or the fact that you buy one of these devices. And, you know, to a lot of people, unfortunately, I think it's still a gimmick, right? It's this thing that can sit in your living room and answer questions and set timers and do all this stuff. But you know, from a business standpoint, to be able to see how you can brand yourself, how you can engage with your customers, I think people just need to see that more like in person. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why, you know, a lot of my goal is education right now, because I just want to show everybody and, and bring on fantastic people like yourself to podcasts like this, you know, what's out there, what's possible, what are people working on that is really driving the innovation behind this thing. So you can engage with your customers, you can generate some type of ROI from this. But in terms of people doing anything specific, I, I truthfully, I can't really say that I do because I, I just think it's an education thing. And um, I think with, with Buildingo, you guys are right on the, on the money in terms of just removing a lot of these different barriers to people being able to access and do this because I think still a lot of people think you need to hard code and do all this different stuff when, you know, you don't really need to do that to get into it anymore. So I think education yeah. is, is primary right now. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it, I mean, it's such a brand new sort of space. So it's hard to wrap your head around what's even possible or what people want on it, what people need. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, there's not really a precedent to follow like there is in the mobile app world. Right. You know? well, and designing um, for voice, as you know, is totally different than designing for mobile. And there's yeah. still so many developers out there within organizations who know just mobile. Their mind isn't even yeah. on designing for voice, you know, quote yeah. unquote, sonic branding. So mm -hmm. I, I truly think education is key. And I, I, from what I've seen, everybody in the space is doing a very good job at you know, alone, we all have our own products and services we're trying to sell, of course, but I really think everybody is also focused on education. Yeah. And focused on that end user experience again, because if you, it's kind of a, a fine balance because of course we can access pretty much any type of information we need on the little computers in our pockets. So if, yep that first voice experience that you have with the company or brand doesn't really meet the, the baseline expectation of what you could get out of your smartphone, then could ruin it. 
then it could ruin it for a long time. So it's definitely important to get a good solid like first experience out there and then continue to improve it as you go. Absolutely. Well, Brielle, this has been absolutely fantastic. Like I said, I was so excited because I know we'd have so many good conversations about just the language behind all this. And I know you're, you're a bit of a futurist when it comes to this stuff too. So, but if anybody wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do so? Yeah. Um, they can reach me at nikoloff.brielle at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter. L for language. That's like E L L E for love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, love chatting with you too. This was fun. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure we will connect soon and thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfoxcreate.com. Until next time.